blimey, me mateys. No, <laughs> that's not a good start. I went to, I went to the UK, not to the the pirate islands of Ireland. But welcome to episode 121 of the uh, Parkrun Adventures. I should have rehearsed that, Mel. <laughs> I see you've got, you've picked up the accent while you were there, Scotty, <laughs> or you've picked up something. <laughs> it was close, wasn't it? But uh, look, I'm back now. I'm back. So I've, I've, what, anything I did pick up, I think it's worn off. I don't know. Can okay. you tell? Um, well, I don't know. Are, are you feeling a bit jet lagged still? Because I know oh. it's worse coming in this direction than going that way. I tell you what, I wear my, my ability to fight jet lag as a badge of honour. A and badge I've of honour. A badge of honour. And I've never really, <laughs> <laughs> I've never really suffered it. And, I, and I'm, a, I'm a seasoned traveller, Mel. I've been everywhere. You've been everywhere, okay. Pretty much. And How, this time, I, I feel like there's a butt coming. <laughs> well, there's a butt coming because, my God, did it hit me this time. I uh, And for the first time pretty much ever, I managed to get some sleep on a plane. So I slept That's for three hours. Problem. And, oh, my God, it was great. So we were flying over the Indian Ocean and we were just below Sri Lanka. And, you know, I'm one of those guys that just watches the flight map the whole way. Just hoping that the plane gets closer and closer. You know they've got videos, right? You can watch movies instead. Yeah, I know, but the flight map, you know, it can be exciting. But it can be exciting when you fall asleep (laughs) over Sri Lanka and you wake up and you're in Australia. So I woke up again and we were just on the edge of Western Australia. And, oh, my God, I've never felt so happy and relieved in all my life to get about three hours sleep on the plane because I've never done it. Okay. And I did it. Yeah. But – well it's done, you. Getting me back because I was, I was a mess. I was a mess on Thursday this week. No, what day is it? We're recording this on a Thursday. I was a mess yesterday. <laughs> Sounds like you still might be a little bit of a mess. <laughs> no, no, I had a good <laughs> sleep. Sorry. I had a good sleep. I had a good sleep last night, so I'm all good. But yesterday we went to, and, and this is parkrun related. So we, I got off the plane to London and then headed straight to Canberra the next day. And the cool thing is, we, we met up with a bunch of. Uh, Canberians parkrunners. That's what they call themselves? Yep. For a freedom run around Burley Griffin Parkrun. And Mel, that's a little bit of a gem, that one. I was yeah, I, yeah. I was tired and I wasn't really in the mood for a run. But uh, these people, these 12 or 11 awesome parkrunners got me in the mood. And it was good fun. So a freedom Excellent. run. A freedom run. Don't you just love a middle of the week freedom run in like a state that you've never been like around that course. Yeah, well, it's a great way to see these events because, you know, I talk about them and I work with them, but they're, really they're just names and places on a map a lot of the time. But when you get to go and see what the events actually look like and the path looks like and the trees and the lake looks like, it puts everything in context. And yeah, it's great. It's like faces to names, isn't it? It's places to names. So I've got an idea with my training. I'm in this, I'm in this phase of, of not training. As it is, not yes. running during the week. Non-training. Yep, because I really just don't want to run. But I'm thinking I'm going to, my new challenge, and maybe this can be a August challenge for me and all the adventurers, Mel, you can jump in. Mm. I'm going to do freedom runs. So I'm, and, and most of my runs are going to be 5K and under, I think. None of this 8K, 10K rubbish. And God forbid going for like 21K runs. No, that shit. I'm doing 5K runs and below. For the month of August. God, how many minutes are we in? And we're already explicit this week. 
Don't worry, I'll beep that one out. <laughs> um, okay, that's interesting. You know, we're not too far away from streaky September. So I know. you could just have a bit of a lazy August. And then when we get to September, <laughs> you've got to go every day. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But maybe this was just a nice way to ease into it or ease back into running because effectively I stopped. So just 5K runs, 5K and under, it's a great idea. Okay, so if you're going to turn this into a challenge, what, what is the plan? Like one a week or yep. let's, more? No, 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 let's stop there. So you one freedom run. Okay, one freedom run a week. That's what we'll do for the month of August. And by we, you mean you and all the other parkrun adventurers. Yes, because I know you're not going to join me. <laughs> because I didn't join you on your run the date challenge. No, that you was didn't. Silly. So <laughs> <laughs> you can watch on with my August Freedom Run Challenge. How's that? Now, okay. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be stupid enough to do, to do 14 in one day like happened on the weekend. No. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, it takes a certain kind of something to become a free genere, doesn't it? Yes. And there's only two, I understand, two survivors. Two. Yes. It was a 50% survival rate got through <laughs> and finished to the end. So you know, I don't know if that's good odds or bad odds. I still reckon that's impressive because that's a lot of running. What is it? What are we it talking? We're talking seventy k. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's a exactly seventy k. Did you do the maths before this? No, that was pretty quick, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was very good. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's a long distance in one day, and and we've both experienced um, you know longest run days before, where there's only seven events that you do, and we we know that by you know five, six, and seven, people are starting to get a little bit of a oof and a little bit of a groan at the start of each because knees and joints are seizing up from being warm and then cooling down and then getting warm again and then cooling down and can you imagine doing that 14 times yeah no silly silly stuff but um who, who are our survivors who are our free genius? do we know them is oh, one of our is it our mate asking. from the beaches yeah michael michael is he's a free genius. i do not know the name of the second person who made it all the way through that's all right top top effort michael he's been on the podcast so he's the only one we need to mention but to the other, <laughs> the other guy or girl, my hat's off to you. Mm. Yep. They're probably still also recovering from that. Can I tell you about my adventure on the weekend? Please do adventure. because we, th yeah, we haven't caught up yet about what happened in the UK and everything and where you ran and, and all that sort of stuff. You know, I um, didn't get a new event in on the weekend, so I need to live vicariously through you. Okay. Let's work, you let's work backwards on okay. Sunday. I went to Moor Mead Junior Park Run and oh, awesome. I met another PK and I, I learned about the history of Junior Park Run. So let's save that for the outro. I'll give you an update. But Moor Mead Junior Park Run was equally awesome. I'm, I'm missing Westerfolds Juniors, i got to admit, but it was great to have that substitute on Sunday. But on Saturday, I went down to Basingstoke Park Run, which has been around for 10 years, Mel. It's an old one. Wow. 10 years. That's awesome. It was one of the first, and, and a fact that I learned. Remember Ewan, who's been on this podcast twice, who from Canada I got to meet also in the UK. He came over for the conference, and not surprised, Mel. He's an awesome bloke in person as he is over Skype, and he was the founding event director of Basingstoke. Huh. There you go. That's There's history for you. Yeah. So they celebrated ten years the week before, and they invited. Of course, they invited uh, Paul Sinton Hewitt, the founder of Parkrun, to come and celebrate, but because he was on the, at the conference, so he headed there this weekend. 
and Renee and I, being the hangers-on that we are, we decided to tag <laughs> along and do a park run with PSH and JSH. So Joe is Paul's wife, and they've done exactly the same amount of park runs. Another interesting fact, Joe got to 250 before Paul, much to his uh, disgust, I think, when he found that out. And did he um, make her put the brakes on at that point so no. that he could catch up? No, because they didn't know. <laughs> they weren't keeping track <laughs> of it. And I think the event sprung okay. it on JSH uh, on the day and said, congratulations, you've done 250. And Paul, you're stuck on 249. I think that's how the story goes. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yep. Um, but I got to I got to parkrun with the great man, the living legend, and the living legends, because they both had a big part to play in parkrun. But I'll tell you a funny story. So imagine what it's like for, for Paul when he goes to parkrun. Like everybody wants to meet him, right? He's the mm-hmm. he's the he's the hero, he's the saviour, he's the man who gave us this wonderful gift. In the run briefing, uh, the usual run briefing, standard stuff, get through it, and then they go, now Today, we're joined by a very special guest. Let us introduce Wonky, our mascot, our mascot bear, who's made up of old volunteer high-vis vests. Okay. <laughs> Not PSH. Oh, was he, was he sort of getting ready to get up and have a chat? And, um... Well, I think so. I think so. So they did. we had this special guest, and then they introduced the stuffed toy. Paul was a bit deflated, and then they said, oh, and also the founder of Park Runner here, Paul Hinton Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's not the first time. It's probably He's not the first time. He's become a PHS. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, so, so the run director, Frankie, I think it was her, one of her first times. I think she, she just got nervous, nervous, as you do, um, but it is a funny story, so sorry, Frankie. Uh, at your expense, but how about that wonky upstage the uh, founder? Wonky. Did of... you get a photo with Wonky? I think I that's didn't. what everyone wants to know. No, I oh, didn't. Scotty, I should have. Are you serious? <laughs> well, Renee, and again, you're right. Renee told me, "Can you get a photo with Wonky?" But I said, "No, I kind of want a photo with Paul. If that's all right." Well, one is not mutually exclusive, I imagine. You're right. You're right. I, f- I failed again. Oh. But anyway, letting that's the my... team down. That's my story from um, Basingstoke. Again, uh, a beautiful park run, but again, hot, Mel. Hot. Hot. Sweating. I was in singlets, and you can't take your top off in the UK. That's frowned upon. I think I oh, would have. Oh, is it? Yeah, well, I would have scared a few people, no doubt. But it was it was hot <laughs> enough to do that. It really was. I don't know what they're talking about. It was really hot. Okay. Did, did the locals feel like it was hot? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they were melting. <laughs> they were all bright red. <laughs> Because they're, <laughs> not used every to it. time I hear, I've got a lot of UK friends and, and family, and every time I hear them say, oh, this heat wave is forecast to continue for four weeks, and I look at the temperatures, it, at what temperature is it allowed to be classified as a heat wave? Like, I just... I it's just, relative. It's all relative. Yeah. If it's hot, if you feel hot, it's a heat wave, I reckon. Meanwhile, we had the coldest morning in Queensland of the year really? last park run day. Yes. It was ridiculous. So we completely swapped. We had all, all the the chilliness going on in Queensland. It was terrible. Okay. Terrible. I don't know how I survived. But you did? Well, I'm here to tell you about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm guessing yes is the answer to that question. 
and parkrun on Saturday. Did you survive enough to go to parkrun? Well, I did. I think um, the last time we spoke, I may have mentioned that Wes and Adam had both been sick and I was avoiding it at that stage. I hadn't quite got it or had I just got it because I got it. And big surprise, you sleep in a bed that you, you pull your 13-month-old child into at five o'clock in the morning to keep him warm because he's sick and two seconds later he sneezes in your mouth like a nice big <laughs> cough right in your oh, face gross. when he's two inches away. Big surprise, you get sick. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I, I told Adam, I broke it to him on Friday night that because it was forecast to be so cold and it had been so ridiculously cold. I said, look, you're going to have to stay home with Wes tomorrow. You can't come to Parkrun because it's too cold for him to be out there. He's still sick. And he's like, <laughs> he had a mini tantrum. He's like, but I want to go for a run. And I said, well, I'm sorry. I would love to stay home. But in this situation, I'm down to run direct in the morning. And I think 150-odd park runners might notice me not showing up with the stopwatch and the barcode scanners more than they're going to notice you not showing up to go for your little run so there wasn't it, it wasn't really negotiable um i think after he got over that initial shock that he wasn't allowed to go he probably was quite grateful for it especially when i slipped out and it was still pitch dark and it was freezing and he got to stay in the nice cozy bed where i wanted to be um but I've, I've got a hack for you, Scotty, uh, how to cope with parkrun when you're sick hack. What you do is you get up, you get dressed really, really fast in 700 layers and you put your dressing gown back on. And that is how you drive to parkrun. That is how you set up parkrun. You put your volunteer bib over said dressing gown right? and you just get on with the business. Did anybody of, know? Did anybody recognise it? I was asked by one park runner if I was cold, to which I was able to reply no, that I wasn't because I was toasty warm in my 700 layers of my dressing gown. Uh, I did actually also use it in my pre-run brief as an example to everyone that, you know, everybody's welcome. Volunteers can show up in whatever they like to stay cosy and warm in in the wintertime and it's okay. It's perfectly reasonable to show up in a dressing gown. Um, and yeah, I, I actually had a couple of park runners approach me afterwards and say, you know what, that's brilliant. We should have a pajama run or, or a onesie run while it's still cold. And cause we don't have an opportunity, uh, in Queensland too often to wear costumes that are very, very full body kind of costumes without getting too sweaty. So I think, I think it's something, um, we're going to do in the next few weeks. I've, I've got a couple of run directors standing down and, I think there's no better way to thank them and send them off with a massive um, fun gratitude morning than getting everybody dressed in pyjamas and onesies, which, you know, you just got to be comfortable if you're in your PJs. Yeah, look, it's a, good, it's a good recruiting tool, isn't it? It's like, if you don't care what you look like in public, this is the job for you. <laughs> but I don't think it's even about caring what you look like in public because, damn it, if my velveteen, soft, gorgeous, pale blue dressing gown isn't rocking it, yes. you know, especially with fluoro orange over the top. And you know what? Like I said, 
everybody's welcome there's no judgment it's no judgment here you can wear slippers it's okay if that's what you're comfortable in i say do it and i am a big advocate of leading by example as evidenced with showing up on saturday and you know what by the end like because i was feeling way below average i just really didn't want to be out coping with the faucet of snot that was coming out my nostrils um people did keep their distance because i did warn them that i was sick and you know um i apologized for for being ill but i thought they would consider it more important that i brought the stopwatch anyway despite that fact and they were grateful for that so that's good but i have to say that by the end of the morning by the time i got in my car to drive home after packing everything up i was feeling like superwoman again and i think it's just the smiles and the infectious happiness of people even when it was freezing i got to see the sunrise which was stunning over the ocean you know there were pbs all over the place there were people new adventurers visiting from faraway places and i got to say hey to a whole bunch of them and that was always cool and yeah i just was on top of the world by the end of the morning there we go uh, it's the power home. it's the power of parkrun it heals. It heals. We are joined now by what is deemed to be, or, or who is deemed to be, a time traveller. It's a very, very exclusive club to join. Uh, there's only three of them in the world that I'm aware of at this stage. So welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers po podcast, Mark Musk. Thank you. Well, obviously time travelling, it's, it's something that a lot of people would love the opportunity to do. Do you want to dive in and tell us all about your story that, you know, it's only happened in recent weeks, Mark? Yes, that's correct. Uh, sure. So, uh, yes, I was lucky enough uh, to have a uh, work trip uh, come up to Vancouver and I was certainly aware of the uh, potential to be uh, a time traveller because I've uh, seen it mentioned uh, uh, before, I think, in the, the Parkrun newsletter. Um, so, yeah, I quick, quickly had a look into it and um, managed to uh, book some flights to uh, make it potentially possible and then it was up to uh, the airline, I suppose, to to get me um, from uh, Brisbane, where I departed from, over to uh, Vancouver on time. Uh, they didn't quite manage to do that, but uh, <laughs> they left me just enough time to uh, make a, a quick uh, dash, thanks to uh, a colleague who picked me up at the Vancouver airport over to uh, the Richmond Olympic Park Run, and I managed to get there with a few minutes to spare before they started. So Mark, you had a bit of a scare. So you did your first run at Wynnum and you jumped on the plane or you jumped to the airport and it was delayed. What was going through your mind after all this planning that uh, the airlines were going to stuff it up? For? <laughs> yeah, that was always a, a possibility. Um, and I think by the time we actually uh, departed, the flight was already uh, an hour late. And I think I had a sort of a, an hour and a half window uh, up my sleeve from uh, landing time uh, to the time the park run was due to start. So, yeah, I basically uh, 
resigned myself to, to not making the start. Um, but yeah, my colleague, uh, Jovan, and I were uh, planning, if it didn't work out, just to go for a social run uh, anyway. So um, one way or the other, I would have uh, you know caught up with Jovan and um, had, had breakfast afterwards. So uh, it wasn't too bad. And can you explain the term time traveller? Now, this was something that the team in Canada came up with, or is this your title? How did this come about? Uh, yeah, I think that must be um, uh, a term that the Richmond Olympic uh, Parkrun event team uh, came up with, um, being related to uh, jumping the international date line, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, obviously uh, running the parkrun, uh, here uh, at 7 a.m. Uh, in Brisbane, and then I uh, caught a flight at about 10:30 a.m. Um, and I think it was about 14 and a half hours uh, flight time. But Vancouver is, I think, 17 hours behind Brisbane, so that allowed uh, me to uh, arrive. Well, I think that the flight was due to arrive at uh, about 10 past 7 a.m. Uh, local time in Vancouver. So I sort of uh, had uh, a minus three-hour flight time. That is one very long day. <laughs> and to fit two park runs in as well. It, it brings up a lot of questions, one of which is how fast – like I, I want to determine whether or not this is capable, like a, a possibility for just a normal person, not somebody who finishes park run in ridiculous times. I haven't looked at your time, but I'm assuming it's low twenty minutes or or thereabouts um, to finish park run. What kind of time frame did you have to do park run and then get to the airport? I know you said your flight was at ten thirty or so, um, but was that before it was delayed or after it was delayed? Uh, yeah, that was. Uh, before it was delayed, so I was obviously uh, organised beforehand. So I was I packed and ready to go, and I, I live you know local uh, to Wyndham Park Run, so I uh, you know completed my park run at Wyndham, said my goodbyes, and I was uh, probably back home by quarter to eight, and I uh, had enough time to uh, have a shower, get changed, call a cab, and. I was probably in the cab by quarter past eight, arriving at the airport at about quarter to nine, um, and then my flight was in about uh, two hours um, after that, so I had enough time to obviously check in, go through customs, and then uh, you know get to my gate uh, for the 10.30 flight. Now, Mark, I've just done a bit of international travelling, and one thing I discovered is getting through customs is not that quick, particularly if you're the foreigner going in to the foreign country. How did you manage to get through Canadian customs so quickly? Was it a quiet day? Were they are they just really efficient over there? How did you manage that? Uh, yeah, I think I think it was a, a you know a quiet day. Uh, being a early early Saturday morning probably helped. There wasn't any of the I don't know um, usual um, you know if they had business traffic coming in from uh, you know the states uh, for example. Um, and, and I also did my did my best to um, you know. Politely squeeze my way uh, up the queue as I uh, made my way from the from the plane to to the uh, customs uh, area. So I certainly, uh, yeah, you know, made it a, a very brisk walk. 
Did you flash your barcode? Because that's what I'd be doing. I'd say, uh, hello, parkrunner, priority. Get, I've got to get to parkrun. Surely some of the customs guys would be working uh, working on the day, must be parkrunners. Uh, yeah, no, I did, did uh, go to that level, but I was certainly probably the most athletically dressed um, person of the fight. <laughs> you know, that's something I have discovered recently with flights. People travel in their active wear, and I don't know if it's because they've got some place to go that they want to be active, or it's just they're really, really comfortable in their active wear. So that's what they choose to to sit in a plane for fourteen hours doing. Um, yeah, I might I might have to test the theory out. But that does bring me to my next question. You know, obviously, you do not want to lose your barcode in between two. Uh, so close yet so far away park runs. Where do you keep your barcode and, um, you know, how did you make sure it was handy? I've got one of those uh, barcode uh, tags that you uh, attach to your shoes. Uh, so I've got one, yeah, one uh, in my shoelaces. So that's my, my backup, if you like, and then I obviously have – uh, you know, uh, a laminated barcode that I uh, keep in my wallet. Um, so yeah, I've got got my you know go to and, and then the shoe backup in case of emergencies. <laughs> and so you get tell you got to Richmond Olympic. Tell us all about Richmond Olympic. What sort of park runs it like? Were they friendly? Did they embrace you and acknowledge you that you travelled all this way? Uh, yeah. So I'd actually uh, been in contact uh, with them before I arrived just to. Uh, get any inside information to help me uh, locate the start point because um, it's a little bit um, down down the down the course the start point from uh, sort of the access point so it's sort of uh, one to two hundred meters um, from uh, the road if you like so they gave me some some advice and some some landmarks to look out for so that was very helpful. Um, but then, yeah, because I arrived with moments to spare, we basically just had to um, uh, jog our way to the start line and, and, and uh, take our uh, position before they got underway. So we didn't have any uh, time, unfortunately, to, to socialise beforehand. Uh, but, but certainly afterwards, uh, we did. I caught up with the team and um, uh, my, my colleague who I ran with, Yovan, and I um, uh, went and had breakfast with uh, the event team at the local uh, Tim Hortons uh, cafe that they uh, seem to frequent over there. So, um, yeah, there was quite a big contingent of, of park runners that basically took over the cafe. So that was that was quite a good social event. So normal park run day, getting up early, running at seven, getting around the course. Then you jump on a plane and you sit there for 14 hours and then you have to go through customs frantically get your way to the second park run. How fresh are you feeling when you start that extra 5K? Yes, not very. I, I think it equated to about a 2 a.m. Australian time run time for the second run. So, yeah, I was certainly feeling it. And, um, yeah, I, I'm not a great sleeper on the plane. So, yeah, I was certainly uh, not feeling at all fresh. Yeah. And and how did that translate to your time? Was it like a vastly different finish time from the first park run you'd done that day? Yeah, I think I, I was about uh, 
one and a half to two minutes slower than my time from uh, earlier in the day at Whitham. And, and the courses are quite quite similar. Whitham and uh, Richmond Olympic are, are both, uh, you know, com- basically completely flat courses. Um, so, you know, they're quite comparable in, in times that you'd ex- be expected to, che- uh, to achieve. Mark, you, you're a bit of an adventurer back home as well. You've got around to a few events I see looking at your profile. You like touring a bit? Uh, yes, I do. Um, so I've been lucky enough to um, make some new friends if you, uh, excuse me, new friends through Parkrun, and um, uh, one of which is a is a, a colleague from from work, and he uh, recently uh, moved over from our Perth office and relocated to our Brisbane office, and um, uh, one of his uh, friends was a keen Parkrunner, and he discovered uh, Parkrun uh, through his uh, uh, friend, and then um, came about through social conversation at work that we were both park running and um, my friend Duncan was was basically using park run as a as a good way to uh, explore and introduce himself to you know the, the local area um, so yeah he was sort of adventuring around uh, on the weekend and, and doing a park run in the morning and then going and uh, having a social breakfast and then uh, maybe doing a, a hike or a bit more exploration of uh, you know the local area wherever he's Parkrun adventures might take him um, on the Saturday morning. So yeah, Duncan and I, uh, and and our, uh, our mutual friend uh, David, we basically uh, quite regularly uh, catch up and, and um, do some touristing, you might say, uh, to various parkruns. And it's not just Australian parkruns. You've done is it five different international countries parkruns in international countries. Uh, yes, I've been lucky enough uh, again to, to travel with work, and I managed to. Uh, uh, I was in uh, Paris for work, so I managed to uh, do a park run there, and then I had another work trip to uh, Belgium. And sadly, there's no park run in Belgium, but the um, proximity of, of Belgium to the rest of Europe made it quite a simple process to hop on a flight and uh, very quickly find myself in London so I could complete the bushy pilgrimage. So that was great. Managed to do that on the on the weekend before I came home. Uh, and I've also um, just hopped over the ditch and uh, been on a, on a cricket tour to New Zealand and managed to squeeze in a park run on the Saturday before a game. Nice work. I think there's a lot of people out there that want your job, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, have you got any highlights in particular from the international events that you've done that you can remember? Uh, yeah, well, doing the park run in, in Paris was uh, a fantastic experience because I had to uh, get up quite quite early and um, being uh, you know that far away from home, I didn't want to muck um, up the commute. So I uh, caught the, the metro through Paris and had to make a couple of uh, changes, but uh, got across to the other side of town from where I was staying to, uh, I think it was uh, Parc de Botsuri, uh, if I pronounce that correctly, and uh, had to walk, walk up to uh, the park where it was located and found myself there uh, very, very early. I think they had a 9am start and I probably arrived about... Well, before seven thirty, um, 
and it was very cold. I think it was about three degrees, and it was uh, the park was covered in frost, but it was a beautiful park, and I was, um, you know, I was confident I was in the right spot. You know, I, you know, stalked their Facebook uh, photos and uh, you know recognised the landmarks. So I was confident I was in the right spot, and there was plenty of other uh, joggers there running around uh, the park. So again, you know, quite confident that uh, park run would be happening. Um, but to my surprise, it did eventually happen. Uh, but I was getting very nervous because the event team probably rocked up at about eight fifty-five a.m. <laughs> by this, by that stage, you know, I was, I was, uh, you know, quite quite concerned. Um, but you know, the flag flag popped up, uh, much to my relief, and um, uh, quite surprisingly, the the participants in the event there were were quite uh, small in number. I think there was only four or five runners on that day, um, which was a, which was a surprise considering the amount of people that were jogging and running through the park. Um, but uh, speaking to the uh, event team, you know, at the time, parkrun was quite new to, to France, and I think uh, what they, they explained to me that the, the French uh, traditionally see uh, jogging as their sort of escape and, and me time. And, and that sort of the, the social aspect of it hadn't yet quite caught on. So, you know, that was something that they were hoping to change. But it was it was very early days for that that parkrun event when I was there. I think I was there in the first um, five or ten uh, events after their launch. The French parkrun experience is a fascinating one. I think that story you tell is very similar to a lot of stories people have brought back from France. That they're, they're generally small and full of expats or Aussies running them. So that's not surprising, but pretty casual approach to rock out of the car at five minutes too and put a park run on. Yes, that's right. And um, you're right about the uh, expats as well. The the, the event team, I think, were um, all, all British or um, ex-British um, people over there for work. Um, but, yeah, you know, they were certainly uh, very friendly and, and welcoming to this uh, to this tourist um, so yeah, I think that was you know as you said you know quite common that they have a fairly high contingent of, of tourists, but um, yeah they certainly have a a plan to, to work on the locals and, and, and spread the word. I want to skip to the other side of the world from France to another place which does not necessarily get a lot of participants on a weekly basis. However, we haven't quite ventured there yet um, to find out what's what it's all about. You were the first finisher at Kangaroo Island Park Run at one point, and I noticed that the second finisher came in about 12 minutes later than you, 11 or 12 minutes later. So that was quite – Did when you finished that, did you feel like perhaps you hadn't done the right course? <laughs> Uh, uh, well done. You've, you've done your research there. <laughs> um, yeah, Ken- Kangaroo Island. Uh, so that that was uh, a, a great uh, experience. And um, you know, if you're a committed parkrun tourist, you have to plan your family holidays around parkrun. And so that's what I did. We had a a, a break over the the um, Christmas New Year period in, in conjunction with school holidays, and. Uh, my wife and children had never been to, to Adelaide, so uh, we headed down there for, for the break and uh, managed to do a couple of park runs in Adelaide on the New Year's Day double, which was great. 
And then uh, I think following that, we headed over to explore Kangaroo Island, which is a, a beautiful spot just off the coast of, of Adelaide. And we managed uh, to, to fly over. You could also catch the ferry. Um, but my wife is, uh, has a tendency to, to seasickness, so we, we took the easy route and flew over. And uh, yeah, spent a couple of days exploring Kangaroo Island. And before I left on our uh, way home, I snuck in uh, the local parkrun. And it is uh, quite exposed up on the uh, uh, the cliff uh, beside the water. So you've got a beautiful uh, view over, over the uh, Southern Ocean. And uh, yeah, it was quite a quite a small little event. Obviously, um, you know, Kangaroo Island is is not a, a huge population. Uh, so I took off at the start. I think there was uh, twenty to thirty runners. Um, took off at the start and basically ran for two point five k's uh, into a headwind from the <laughs> Southern Ocean. So that was pleasant. Um, but yeah, it certainly made it easier on the way back. Um, it is a lovely undulating course. Uh, yeah, with magnificent views over the water. Um, and, yeah, great little event team there. Um, very social and, and um, family-centric. And uh, then we all, all went and had, a, had breakfast in one of the local uh, cafes. Uh, yeah, it was a really lovely day. In my experience, the headwinds never seem to give you a tailwind when you run the opposite <laughs> direction. I always seem to either get smashed from the side or the headwind turns around when I do. It's never convenient. Um, but I'm glad to hear that it worked for you <laughs> at KI. Did you see any kangaroos when you were on the course? Uh, no, not that I can recall, not on the course, but, um, yeah, certainly uh, plenty of wildlife on the on the island. Um, you know, we had uh, numerous uh, encounters with, with the wildlife uh, there. Um, yeah, it's an amazing spot. Hey, Mark, you obviously love parkrun and you love adventuring. How did you get involved in parkrun? What was the hook that got you keep coming back every week and now stepping up to be a run director? Uh, yeah, well, I discovered uh, parkrun through a friend. I was um, uh, uh, this friend and I, uh, another Mark, uh, uh, play cricket uh, together. And um, one day we were in the dressing shed and I noticed he had this little uh, tag on his shoe and I asked him, what that was and he explained to me oh that's my parkrun barcode and he said oh yeah you should come along you know it's really fun etc and i was like oh you know i'm not a runner um but yeah he gave he gave me the brief and reassured me um so eventually i uh, uh came along and um yeah was lucky enough to uh, to run together with um this other mark on his hundredth run his local run is at um stone's corner so that was uh, a really uh, nice morning, and um, that was a well-celebrated achievement. So that was great fun. Um, yeah, and so sort of he was my um, inspiration, if you like, after after uh, getting started and um, seeing the way uh, that his uh, local event uh, embraced him and his achievements. I thought, uh, yeah, it was a really great concept and uh, look forward to, to uh, maybe one day achieving the same thing. You've, um, as Scotty mentioned just before, uh, become a run director at your local, at Wynnum Park Run. That's only been a relatively new development for you. What inspired you to, to join the event team when you're such a big adventurer? Uh, yes, well, I was 
uh, lucky enough um, yeah, to, to uh, you know, be a local at, at Wyndham and, and uh, have uh, the support of the uh, our local event director, Alan Burrell, and he's also uh, a very keen parkrun tourist. So, you know, he uh, re- reassured me that, uh, you know, it certainly won't, won't uh, limit my uh, ability to, to get around and, and travel and explore other, other parkruns and also highlighted the benefit of, of doing that um, to be able to, you know, see how other events uh, manage their morning and, uh, you know, pick, pick up the um, pros and cons of, of the different uh, approaches they take on the day. Um, so, yeah, I think it is, it's, you know, the, the travel and, and tourism aspect of seeing so many different park runs is certainly uh, beneficial to to the RD role and, and uh, being able to, uh, you know, consider um, different experiences uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, you know, apply the benefits of those two to your own home run. Taking all that into account, if money if money was no object, Mark, and you could go anywhere in the world, sounds like you've already done that, but if, if, if there was anywhere where you've missed, is there a park one you'd like to visit? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, no, I don't know if there's any uh, particular park run. I think uh, if I was to uh, name the next one on the bucket list, I would probably um, suggest I think there's a, a park run close to Mount Etna in Italy. Um, so that would be uh, a, a good uh, tourist destination for me with, with my vocation. I'm, I'm a geologist, so I certainly have an interest in that that area. So if I could, uh, you know, take a holiday in, in some of and uh, tick off a parkrun as well. That'd be great. Unfortunately, uh, my wife's keen on Hawaii, but Hawaii refuses to have a parkrun at this stage, so I have to delay those plans. <laughs> it's not very convenient, is it? We need to get more of these tropical island getaway parkruns happening, I think. Yes, we do. I think, uh, you know, uh, Hamilton Island might be a f- a f- the first uh, teaser uh, maybe a practice run for for Hawaii when it when it gets eventually gets a park run. It's the flagship. Now, Mark, um, I, I want. I've just got one really last quick question before you go. Would you recommend joining the Time Traveler Club? Like, is it something you would do again, or are there any tips? That's probably a better question. Are there any tips that you would have for people who are aspiring to do that? Uh, sure. Yeah, certainly recommend it. It was it was a good, you know, fun thing to try to to do. Uh, in terms of advice, I would certainly, uh, and, and this I think applies in general to uh, any sort of um, time you're looking at going to a new park. One is um, you know, scope out their their Facebook page. Make sure make sure the event isn't cancelled the week that you're looking to go there. Um, so yeah, look at their Facebook page or their. Um, their uh, future volunteer roster. That's always a, a good uh, idea. It gives a good idea of, uh, you know, sort of generally about a month in advance of if there's any um, impending cancellations. Uh, and then have a look at their their photos um, on their Facebook page so you can try to identify their uh, start point, look out for, for landmarks, uh, anything that can help you uh, find the right spot uh, because, yeah, you don't want to be uh, you know, go through a, a panic at the last minute um, if you discover you're in the wrong 
wrong spot or, or can't find the, the start point, um, yeah, then um, you know, if, if need be, reach out to, to the event team um, you know, via, the, via their uh, website or their Facebook page. Uh, I've done that on several occasions and um, have always been well received and, and welcomed and um, you know, uh, you know, responded to very promptly. So that's always been beneficial as well. All great tips. Thanks for that, Mark. And thanks for coming on the Background Adventures this week and sharing your story of becoming a time traveller. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure and a thrill. Thank you. Hello, we're at Wyvernhoe Bay, west of Brisbane and the Cormorant Bay Park Run has just been launched. So uh, it's the inaugural launch on a, a brilliant day. Very cold, but blue skies. Might have a look around and see if we can catch up with a few people. And we're with uh, Janine. Janine, how did you find the course? I love the course. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. You looked, you had a chance to look around, well done. I did, I ran with my friend Jane today and thank goodness because we just stopped and looked at the beautiful lake the whole way. But it was just amazing. I loved it. I'll be back for sure. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So you actually enjoyed the course? I did. I thought the, I thought it was challenging in places and just really nice running in other places. For a trail, I would rate it really highly. Beautiful. Yep. No, thank you very much. You've seen quite a few trails, I believe. I do. Some of them I'll never attend again. But <laughs> this one I definitely will. I think it's got... Um, a few small lumps and bumps which give you that little bit of an effort that you've got to put in but the vistas that you look at is just stunning and it just takes your mind off the pain so no for sure <laughs> i give it 10 out of 10. beautiful thank you okay i'm with uh, jody who's the event director of uh, cormorant bay jody what got you into parkrun oh we used to um, live in brisbane and ran parkrun quite often and um, it's, it's just a great event to be able to have something free and timed and um, it's just a good thing to be involved in. Okay, whereabouts in Brisbane? Um, New Farm was our home. Okay, so this is a somewhat more undulating course. This is. And, and what made you, uh, or what got you into becoming event director out here? Well, we own the local gym at Rocket Fitness and um, we wanted to add running a little bit more into our schedule. And uh, when we when we moved out to Fernvale, we um, wanted to bring Park Run and knew that there was quite a few hoops to jump through and it's just mm. taken us this time to make it happen. And um, this particular course is just stunning. It's um, along the water. It's, it's got your trail running. My husband's a trail runner, so he um, he really enjoys the, the different surfaces, and yeah, it just it just keeps it interesting. Uh, it's a very good trail run. Uh, about fifty percent of it is quite difficult. Yes. And the other fifty percent, you're knackered. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a few rolling hills. It's nice though because what goes up comes down, so you get to um, you get to experience both sides of the of the hills. So did you take a look at a few different places before deciding on this one? Well, our main, our main reason why uh, deciding this one, we, we initially thought the rail trail would be a good surface because um, it's, it goes for so long and um, yeah. it's a nice wide course, but there's too many roads along there, so we, weren't, we couldn't have a stretch of 2.5k without crossing a road. And this particular course, we've got toilets, we've got a cafe, and there's no roads, obviously. Yeah. Um, it was actually Paul Heyman who suggested this course um, before... Um, he had suggested I actually didn't even know the course was here. So there's so many hidden hidden places around the Somerset region where you can really experience this kind of this kind of thing. 
No, it's, it's a beautiful one. There are trees the whole way. It's nice going over a, uh, uh, what, the barrier dam? Uh, the saddle dam wall, I think yep. it's called, yep. yep. So you, you actually get to see people on the either coming back or going out on the first part there. Yes, no. and by having by having the loop around, it feels like a completely different track. Even though it's only two and a half k, twice, by turning around on a rail on a trail, it um, it just feels completely different. Different views, different ups and downs, and it's yeah, it's a really really lovely Look, course. Thank you very much. Yeah, Despite the you. fact that it's quite challenging, there are a lot of very very happy faces. Yeah, there, so there's lots of, lots of smiles. It's been fantastic today. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you, Jody. Cheers. Okay, and I'm with Susan, who has also just done the course here at Cormorant Bay. What did you think of it? Oh, it's so pretty. You know, going around yeah. past that water, and it's really lovely. Ah, oh, beautiful. Whereabouts do you uh, normally run? Uh, I was at Coomera, but I've just started at Gaines for Green now. Oh, okay, so you've come out especially for this one? Yes, we have. Oh, yeah. And you found it rather cool first thing? Uh, yeah, I didn't take the jumper off. <laughs> <laughs> Even as I warmed up right near the end, I thought, nah, it's staying on. <laughs> no, there are a few people like that. Um, and was it just you or your family? Uh, so my husband and one of our children came mm -hmm. with us, so nice early start. It was an early start. Yes. Look, thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay, <laughs> bye. And that's about it from the, um, the beautiful and scenic course out here at Cormorant Bay. I recommend it to everyone who really wants to put in a little bit of effort, but it's well worth it. G'day Scott and Mel, it's PK here, checking in uh, from South Australia, sunny South Australia. I'm not actually at a park run, well I'm at a park run launch, the, not, it's not the launch, get it right mate, it's a trial for the launch of Pacapacanthi, 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 say that a few times, um, which is at Victoria Park in South Australia, the second um, park run to open in the city of Adelaide, and uh, we've had Torrens for many years as people know, so it's awesome to have another one so it launches um, on August 4 and we are here today for the trial and it's beautiful really nice course we're just uh, walking past we've done we've done the, we've done the trial now um, and just walking past some people doing the pedal pre madly riding past us here in the middle of Victoria Park as many people in Adelaide know and walking towards the cafe but um, I saw that uh, you know who was coming along today and on you know who shows interest in going and there was this name that popped up and I'm like nah he wouldn't be in Adelaide what, what would he be doing nah it can't be the same guy but sure enough uh, Mr Brendan Peel is with us g'day Brendan g'day PK good to meet you mate yeah fantastic to meet you mate far out when I saw that you were there and then when I saw you um, you know limbering up and getting ready at the beginning I went yep that's him that's the man um, so I'm glad that we recognised each other um, uh, you're a legend in your own lunchbox. Um, um, well done, mate. You've, um, uh, for those who don't know, there is such, uh, something called the Peel Club. I think, was it one of the very first clubs? That, you know, obviously, there's the Pirate Club, there's the Alphabet Club. I mean, there's so many now. Um, tell me about the origins of the Peel Club. Uh, the Peel Club, um, as I've said before on the podcast, started with um, the old incarnation of the Parkrun show. Uh, the Professor Alan Burrell um, put it out there that whoever does a uh, parkrun in each state or territory um, gets it named after him. And at the time, I was I only had a couple to go, and I thought, oh well, I don't come first at many things, so I may as well uh, <laughs> I may as well uh, do that. So um, since then, that's how it started. And I think on the weekends there was four inductees, if you could call them that, yesterday. So there's more than 50 members, and it's something that 
is a little bit achievable compared to like being a statesman in uh, Queensland or South Australia for that matter. Yeah. Um, because at least once you've got it, they're not adding any more states or territories. So. Brilliant. Yeah. No. It's it's absolutely fantastic. It's something. It's a bit of a you know one of those. Um, urban myths that you know that you know that it's there's a club that it's named after someone and then you actually meet the person so i feel quite honored and it and i and south australia's honored to have you here this weekend i know some people may know of the peel club but also um there could be some new listeners to the podcast that hadn't heard about it kind of thing so it's nice to to know about it so you need to do one park run in each state is that right and territory, yes. yeah and territory sorry that's right so one park run in each state and territory and then you too can join the peel club so uh yeah um, get amongst it and so do you have to then register it or is it something that just pops up or is it does it get added to your uh, results or how it's just it's just an unofficial club so yeah. therefore um, people normally post on on Facebook when they've joined ah um, right right yeah, yeah. so it's certainly cool. an unofficial club yeah it's a bit of fun why not um, and so what brought you to Adelaide this weekend um, we we planned this quite a while ago we um, when we did Mawson Lakes Park Run, which is a, another gorgeous South Australian park run, if I can give that a lovely plug, yeah. um, we ran into a woman called Cheryl McKibben, and she was launching Gawler. Um, ah, nice. We happened to do Gawler's trial, uh, very first trial, and um, ended up coming back a year later to do their first birthday. So, ah, right. And as, as things would turn out, there happened to be a trial, which is a, trial's a great way to catch up with other park run people. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just about as good as a park run without getting your barcode scanned. So, um, absolutely. Yeah, it's a beautiful morning down here, an absolutely perfect place for a park run. It'll be very, very popular. Um, I think it will. Yeah, what did you think of the course? Oh, it's perfect. It's a mixture of uh, sun, shade, asphalt, gravel, dirt track. Really pretty place. And the thing is, it's quintessentially Adelaide too, because if you look at an aerial of Adelaide, you just see that the CBD is just surrounded by this huge amount of, of flat, beautiful parkland. And that's exactly what you've got here. So, um, it's, yeah, it's just a wonderful place and, and it, it'll be very popular. I think so too, mate. Yeah, I reckon they're going to get great numbers here. Some people may, you know, defect from other park runs. Um, uh, I'm, I know that I'm definitely going to come along. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, it's going to be a hard hard decision, but I reckon I'll, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I know a few mates who are thinking about changing their, where they go. But, you know, I think it's, it's beautiful that it's just another option, another, another good park run to come and do, you know. There are lots of new park runs opening up, we know, all the time, and it's making it harder and harder for people to become statesmen. But, well, no, it's a challenge, that's the word. It's not hard. <laughs> um, but so, the, so um, I can see a pattern emerging here. So does this mean we may see you in a year's time for the anniversary? <laughs> would, be, would be nice, would be nice, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll run for cake, I think, if uh, something Tock likes posting, and I think I tend to go along with that. So yeah, well done, Tock. There's a fellow parkrun adventurer, a podcast member, um, who we know and love. Um, well, good on you, mate. Well, uh, Michelle, uh, you're enjoying uh, being part of the part of the parkrun journey, part of Brendan's journey? I love the parkrun community and the journey where it's taken me. Yeah. Uh, you, you were saying that, yeah, you, you certainly, you know, you, you get out there as much as uh, you can as well. Absolutely. Or as, you know, supporting it and getting amongst oh, it. Absolutely. With all my parkrun family now that I've met and my parkrun sisters and another uh, Channel 5 News crew member. Yes. Well, it's and lovely. Yep, indeed. No, it's great. Uh, it, it's great to have you here and really good to, for, for you guys to um, help spread the word, you know. I mean, I think that's, that, that's all part of it, isn't it? The, the more people 
out there, I know I can't, I, you know, I can't help myself talking about it to anybody and everybody, and no doubt you guys do too. That's, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's hit the nail on the head, and it's great to meet you, PK. Yeah, you too. All right, well, we are, um, nah, thank you, we're just um, on approach um, to the cafe, um, and yeah, look, um, everybody get out, um, know that there is another park run here in the city of Adelaide, back up, back up a canthy, look it up, uh, check it out. I think it means trotting in uh, the Gardner language, so you too can come and trot amongst uh, the parklands and enjoy. Great to chat with you guys and um, uh, awesome that you're here in Adelaide. Thank well you. done. Uh, I'm now over at the cafe, you know, some would say the best part of Park Run. What's this cafe called again? Kiosk at 16. Kiosk at 16 and uh, that lovely person chatting with me here is Alicia Hopper, is that right? Alicia, I got your name right. Um, uh, Alicia is the, uh, the new uh, ED here. Yeah. Is that right? Yes, Is that, that's I got right. all that right. Yeah. See, it's it's Sunday morning. It's early. <laughs> and you haven't had your coffee. Yet. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, how did how did the first uh, the first trial go? Um, of Pacapacanthi? Uh, look, overall, really positive. Everyone um, seemed to really enjoy the course. Uh, we had about 50 participants come out today, which is a great number for Ooh. a first trial. Uh, yeah, so, and some really great feedback on, you know, there are a few twists and turns in this park run um, about our marking and and just clarifying the course for people. Um, so, yeah, so I think we'll come back next week bigger and better and smoother than uh, than ever before. No, it's good. It's a beautiful course. Um, well done. Uh, it's taken a while to get another one in the cent- centre of the city. Um, I think, you know, and it's, it's going to be great, especially for, for tourists, so people coming to Adelaide. It's an easy one to get to if they're staying in town. Um, it's uh, Has there been a need for another one? I mean, Torrance is getting really big. Is that, or was there, was that a reason for it? Yeah, or? I, I think that was certainly one consideration. Torrens, um, you know, they still consistently have the highest numbers um, of any park run here in the state. Um, yeah. And, you know, their paths aren't as, as wide in some places, so it can get a bit congested. Uh, and, yeah, I think particularly being the sort of south... Um, Mm, south east west kind of corner yeah. of the city I think we're probably going to get to see a lot of um, new park runners through mm. who live kind of the Dulwich you know yeah. um, Parkside Glenside kind of way um, that, that might not necessarily get all the way over to Torrance so yeah. it's only 3k yeah no no but you're right absolutely sometimes yeah. that's all you need you just need like I know what it's like when you have kids sport kind of thing and you're trying to fit something in or you yeah. want to do park run but you have to you know we all know what it's like when we all have commitments so you're right yeah. it's, I think it's going to be another really good option for, for town and I think um, you know we've had a, a real um, really fabulous support from the Adelaide City Council they 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 approach Torrens about opening a second one mm. uh, and they want to see the parklands get used and I think that one of the best parts about this course is, um, you know, everyone thinks of Victoria Park as, you know, the old grandstand and, and the, the racetrack but the park is huge and there's some really beautiful sections mm. and, and we're deliberately avoiding the well-known parts yeah. and, and getting people to see some of the really beautiful stretches. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and actually for those who are listening in and wanting to know where to turn up for either the launch next week um, or the, sorry, <laughs> the, the, the next trial next week or the actual launch. I keep saying this is the launch. This is the trial. Um, the launch on Saturday, August 4. Um, we meet at... Uh, we meet at the corner of Wakefield and East Terrace, is that right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. If, you, if you go along Wakefield Road, um, 
and go almost to the edge of the park. Yeah. Um, and that's that's yeah. pretty much. Yeah. It's it's the like the sweat track. I think is yeah, what it's called, it's isn't it? It's so, where all the gym equipment is. People seem to. Yeah, that's it. That. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, it's that it's that track on the on the west side of Victoria Park, and then you head out on that, and then you curl curl around a bit down the bottom, which I've often walked uh, that corner bit with my dog before, so I know that corner bit really well. Mm. And then you get into the middle, you turn around, and so it's a bit of an out and back with a few twists and turns. I love an out and back. You get lots of high fives and all that kind of stuff. So no, it's great. It's a yeah. it's a really good course to um, uh, to get amongst. So I'll let you go and have your coffee. I just wanted to congratulate you on um, on getting this far and all the best for the coming weeks. Oh, thanks, PK. No and worries. Thanks for your support. No worries. I'm looking. No, yeah. no, I'm looking forward to the the launch. I'm on finish tokens. So um, how many numbers are you? No, let's not let's not even talk about that. No, no. I'm looking forward to handing out lots of finish tokens. Yeah. Yes, definitely. <laughs> no, it's going to be good. Yeah. All right, thanks, Leash. Thanks. David Moss was reporting in from Cormorant Bay. They had their launch on the weekend. And PK is back at... Mel, this is where I need your help. It was at the Packapacanthi trial. Okay. Packapacanthi trial there. And catching up with our madness champion, our current reigning madness champion, Mr. Peel himself. He must speed you back pretty soon. But, Mel, I... I Teased in the intro, Junior Parkrun on the weekend, I met another mm-hmm. Aussie PK. We were on the tools together at Moormead Junior Parkrun, and he comes up to me and introduces himself as PK, and he's got an Aussie accent, and I was immediately at home. Everything was good in the world. Did you, did you wonder whether or not he'd just shaved his beard? <laughs> no, and that I was could what tell. PK looks like? No, he wa- he different wasn't voice? As, he wa- he, different voice, wasn't as charismatic as uh, our old mate PK. But um, <laughs> I don't know. He was a great bloke. He, he was and a, and a good volunteer. We were we ran a pretty smooth operation at Old Mormaid Juniors. And what I Did will you? say is the Aussie invasion. We took over. So I was on the stopwatch, and Renee was on the scanner, and we said we're doing it app based. So they would they're still using the stopwatch and the scanner, you know, old school. We said okay, no. It's cool. 2018. We're here to innovate. <laughs> And Welcome to the future, Mommy Juniors. <laughs> yes, and Renee did a brilliant job recruiting the other barcode scanner to use her iPhone. So when they went to upload the results, when you say recruiting, <laughs> I know Renee's methods. Was it was it really recruiting so much as? <laughs> <laughs> well, we know Renee, so the, our listeners won't. So I'm, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and and okay. put put it in that frame of mind for our listeners that Renee did a wonderful job convincing the other volunteer of the many positive benefits of using the app. But okay. they were they were they were they came to light when they went to upload the results and uh, I secretly hovered over the run director and just to see how he would approach it. And he did. Yeah. He just checked his emails, saved the three files, went to upload the results and then he commented, he said, Oh that was really easy. <laughs> I didn't have to plug anything <laughs> in. Didn't have to mess about with the cables. I'm loving airdrop. Like oh, yes. airdropping is even better than emailing. It's like an extra level of you don't have to save the files. They just get saved. Yeah. You don't have to open or download anything. It's just there. Yep. That's what yeah. I'm loving. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to bring people around at Kiwana. I'm gently encouraging people to um, to download the app if they, if they can, if they've got iPhones. Obviously, yeah. if they don't have iDevices, it makes it a little bit tricky at this stage, but looking forward to when the Android app is widely available for everyone. Oh, it's coming very soon, Mel. That's a little bit of a tip I can give you. Like, it's ready to go. It's, it's I know days it's being away. tested. It's days yeah. away, I reckon. So this days. Is what, this, is, this, is, this is our campaign for the next couple of months as well. Let's 
If you're out there and if you're volunteering, suggest to the event team, can we use our app? Or if you can use the app, and I'm confident that the Android app is going to be days away. So just do it, people. Awesome. Well, that can be an adventure. That can be an adventure challenge for yeah. people. Yeah, maybe we need to get someone on to talk about the app. Um, maybe we can get, because it was developed in Newcastle, maybe we can get the Newism guys on the app to do it. Here, here we're workshopping on, on, on the fly here, Mel. This is how the podcast we works. We're just making this stuff up as Yeah, we so go. don't be surprised if <laughs> ne- we next week's that. guest <laughs> is the guys from Newism. <laughs> But, but don't be surprised if it's not because they might say no. They <laughs> say, who? Podcast? What? Yep. Um, but, but what I was saying is I, I, I get the apprehension and I'm talking to our event directors here too. You get the apprehension. Yeah, get it? Get it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we should totally do something with that, the apprehension. But I'm talking to our event directors here in Australia and in the UK and in Poland and wherever else, Germany. Well, actually, Germany, they don't have a choice. Um, Russians, do you reckon we've got any listeners in Russia? I think we do. I don't, I don't know. Embrace the app, Surely. people. It, you're scared at the start because it's just different, but it's so much better. So do it. I highly recommend it. It'll be interesting to see what they do at Mormay Ju- Juniors if they adopt it after we've left. I fear they won't. All it takes is one person who, who really likes it to show up again the next week and mm. you just need an advocate. But another little story I've got from Junior Parkrun. So we're sitting down at coffee afterwards. Another highlight of Parkrun is the post-Parkrun coffee. And when you do juniors, you get to do it on Saturday and Sunday. It's awesome. (laughs) Coffee two days in a row. Coffee two days in a row. So I'm sitting down with all these people and this guy is sitting across from us. And he starts talking and he mentions that he he started Mormead Juniors. And I'm like, what? You started here? Because he wasn't really involved on the day. He might Actually, he might have been a marshal out on the course. I didn't see him. I don't know. And then he goes, yeah, yeah, I started it. I, I mapped out the course and so on and so forth. So three years on, so they've got a new event director now, perfectly natural. And then he started saying, yeah, so when I started Bushy Juniors and started telling us the story about how Junior Parkrun actually started and how he had this idea for kids to get active every weekend, just like he saw Parkrun, people getting active every weekend. So he was, his name's Paul Graham and he was involved in a, a running club. If you go back in the history of Parkrun, most of the people involved in the early days came from a running background, but he was also an occupational therapist. And so he had this drive to get children running and active on a Sunday morning. So he approached PSH and said, can I do it? Really, he just wanted PSH's insurance um, because <laughs> really, there's nothing to stop him doing it. But PSH, the visionary that he is, said, yeah, why not? <laughs> Probably not really knowing you- what he was getting himself in for, but... Do you reckon you've got to be named Paul to have these kind of really big ideas? Maybe, maybe. I God, I hope mm. I got his name right. I think it was Paul Graham. Paul, if I if if it was Peter Graham, I apologise. But he was a lovely bloke too, and told us all these wonderful stories. So that was just another little benefit of volunteering at Junior Park Run on the weekend. Isn't it funny the people you meet? So this week you have that opportunity to start a new community in two events, in two locations. And where are those locations, Mel? Um, what do you mean? I have the opportunity. Well, no, you don't. You're right. Um, <laughs> others do. There, I'm sure others there's others do. involved. There are. And look, these, these ones are, are pretty special. Are they? Why? They, I mean, they're all special. But... Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they're all special. I'm going to tell you why these ones are special this week. So the first one is special because it's in Queensland. The second one 
is special because it's in Tassie and also it is going to be the new Southern Compass Point. Oh, wow. It is the last thing that I need to chase down to become a navigator in my own club, in the Compass Club. And that's going to be at Jeevston. Jeevston is launching. Yeah. So is this it? Is this as low as we can get? Because we've had a few shifting points it's with the not, Southern Point. It's Well, I mean, uh, technically there's, there's more of Tassie, so, you know, you could go further south. However, for now, the compass point has shifted. This is the third time it's shifted this year, the southernmost compass point. So I'm pretty sure that at least for a couple of months it's going to stop. <laughs> um, but before something else changes, like we get a new WA event or something like that, which takes me back to two, two compass points, Hall asked and get my um, navigator status because you know what I, and I haven't discussed this with Chris yet but I think it's it's important to discuss and I will be very shortly after we finish recording I think that once somebody achieves four compass points at a point in time all at once before they change to something else I think they should become a navigator and always have that navigator status even if the the points change because otherwise you know nobody's ever going to stay in the club okay. um it, it's a little bit different to statesmanship in that respect um however i, I think it's an important thing and i'm gonna i'm gonna make medals up because you know what it's an unofficial club i can do whatever the damn well i want you can. and i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna make medals and there's gonna be well, i might make well, 10 or careful, 20 of them careful okay put a limit <laughs> on it that's it good Good idea. Put a limit on it. They're going to be exclusive. And on one side of the medal, there's going to be a picture of a compass. And on the other side, people can go out and just engrave the four points that they obtained to become a navigator. And okay. then it doesn't matter if the points change afterwards because it'll be engraved. And I'm not going to sell them. I'm just going to give them to those people who get there. Okay. And um, Can we get the um, the Parkrun Adventurers logo on this somehow? We'll, we'll use some of the Netflix money to pay for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sure, why not? And um, we'll send it out with a with a pair of knitted leg warmers at the same time. Yep. How are they going? How are we going with it? Uh, to be honest, <laughs> do you want me to be honest? <laughs> no, no, let's save that for next week. Did we get a deadline for this? No. <laughs> um, come on, oh, that's great. That's great. That's that's a great development in the Compass Club. I, well, yes, I do have to make sure my co-conspirator and partner in crime, Chris Timms, agrees, but I'm sure she'll be on board. With that, especially well, if um, it's going to be a bit awkward now, Chris. <laughs> it is. Well, I've recorded it, Chris. Yep. Yeah. So if the medals anyway. don't happen, you know who to go to. <laughs> Christine Timms. Mm. <laughs> What's her email? Yeah. So. <laughs> Look so should Facebook. we skip across to some anniversaries for some other people to celebrate some different things this week? Yep. Where have we got? We've got okay. Armadale in New South Wales, Mansfield in Queensland, not in the other part of the world where it is, must be in the UK, Mansfield in Queensland, Meadowbrook yes. in Queensland, Pittsworth in Queensland, and Renmark also in South Australia. So not also. <laughs> not also. <laughs> Just in but South also Australia. Renmark in yeah. South Australia. Yep. Yeah. There that's you go. pretty cool. Lots of anniversaries happening this weekend. So happy anniversary to all those event teams. Thank you for everything that you've done for Parkrun in that period of time that you've got to where you are. Hope you enjoy your mornings. Now, Scotty has highlighted the poem zone in the run sheet, so I'm assuming that means he's going to read it this week. <laughs> well, I will, I will. And I've, I've got to apologise as well, Mel. 
Last week, I'm sure keen listeners would have heard the poem zone, but they wouldn't have heard the intro music. Remember the <gasps> wonderful intro music? You forgot the I intro music. I did, I did in my hurry to get the episode oh, out last week. Goodness. Because I don't know if you noticed, the episode was running a bit late last week. Everybody got it on Just Saturday morning. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's quite possible it it was the latest of all our episodes ever yep. that actually got released in a calendar week. There was that one time where we didn't release. <laughs> there was that time too, yeah. <laughs> we yeah, but that's we not we late. Talk about that. Yeah, that, that was up to the quality control, you know. That was out of our hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah episode 113 is running a bit late too, but that's for another, <laughs> that's for another day. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to make the same mistake twice, so before I get to the Poem Zone. The Poem Zone. So here we go, the poem zone for this week, and peel back the curtains, Mel has just said, do you want to read through this first so you get the cadence and make sure you do it properly? And I said, no, 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 no. But he's, no, no, Scotty's going this raw. <laughs> so let's see if I can do it. <laughs> I'm not going to edit this, that's my guarantee to you guys as well. People who wake up early are clever, as they head to Parkrun to be together. Arriving just before it's time, they gather near the starting line. Running or walking, fast or slow... It matters not how fast they go. Kids and dogs, big and small, this really is a space for all. Remnants of the week are shed, as moving is good for the restless head. Uncomplicated and... It's doing so well. That's a long word. (laughs) You are doing well. Keep going. (laughs) Uncomplicated and easy. It's always 5Ks, whether hot, cold or breezy. Oh, I should have rhymed easy and breezy. Sorry, you did. No. I did? Okay. Just by reading them out, you wrote you <laughs> them. <laughs> Not to be scoffed at, Parkrun is as simple as that. And you didn't mention who the author of this awesome poem is. That's our good buddy Caroline Southwell. She's, our, she's one of our favourite Poem Zone contributors. That was really good. It was easy to read, apart from where I got lost at the end there. Except for the last line. Not to be scoffed at, Parkrun is simple as that. Oh, they were rhyming at and that. Okay, I didn't do that very well. <laughs> I get it now. It's so much better on the second read-through. <laughs> but we don't have that privilege on the Parkrun Adventures. <laughs> not when you decide not to take the privilege. Yeah. But um, i tell you what we indeed. can do. When we put up our Facebook post this week, I'm going to post that poem so you can all read it and it'll be so much better when you guys read it yourself. I hope you remember to do that. Because, you know, have you ever noticed we promise to post a lot of things <laughs> that we never actually do? <laughs> That's okay. Just a minor detail. That's okay. This is the beauty of a podcast. They're throwaway things. So you listen and you throw it away. You never think about it again. Sometimes you've just got it on the background. You don't even hear the half, half the stuff we're saying. Like last week, there was a naughty <laughs> word in it, and I don't think people picked up on it. I know Peter Pullman went back searching for it. It was hard to find. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you find it? Obviously, Oh, yeah. I didn't need to find it. Just jumped out. I just out, heard yeah. it and went, oh, okay. <laughs> Those Brits, they've got dirty mouths. Indeed. Hey, but you know what? A couple of weeks in the UK, I reckon they're all right. I reckon we give them a bit of a hard time. But I've been there two years in a row now, and I think they're okay. I actually quite well, like you them. Know, they're very polite. They, they did give us parkrun. They did. That's one thing, yeah. But also, I mean, we give them a hard time because we know they can take it. They've got a good sense of humour. Is that what it is? That is what it is, yes. Yeah. But, and I said they're polite, so I drove this time. We drove everywhere. 
And I was a little bit apprehensive about that as well because, you know, just foreign countries, new cars, all that sort of stuff. And Renee hired a manual, which I haven't driven in 20 years, which was <laughs> – it's, it's a bit like riding a bike though, Mel. Once you sort of just start pushing your, the pedals, it, it all comes back to you. But I was nervous because the streets are so narrow and, you know, just, again, just driving in a foreign country. But it was really easy because everybody's really polite and they've got a really sensible traffic system because there's roundabouts everywhere. So eventually you get sick of going around roundabouts, but that makes sense because it means you don't have any of these hairy right turns that we do have at, at big intersections where you've got to just you know, take your life in your own hands and try to get across oncoming traffic. Well, this traffic. is the thing. See, you, you're referring to Victorian is that what traffic. It is? In this, yeah. We don't have those in Queensland, those big okay. right hook things that you've got to like go and wait and then you – I don't know how those work. And Yeah, they're a bit silly. They're ridiculous – they're ridiculous even for us locals, the right-hand hook turns. But I'm, I'm talking yeah. just in general. It can be. It, it was really safe. I felt really comfortable driving over there, and I love a roundabout. Yeah. And, and tell me, how did your passengers feel? Did they feel equally as safe? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not, but <laughs> I tell you what, I might have let them down, but they let me down because, Mel, what, what happens to you when, when you hear this song? So what happens to me, personally? Yes. Well, every now and then I fall apart. That's what happens. Exactly. And it happens at the top of your lungs, <laughs> even if you're not on pitch. Exactly. So, look, Bonnie Tyler's lawyers might come after us on this one, but I'm, I'm going I'm to take the show out with this, and I want everyone to sing along in their cars, on their train, in the, in the bathroom, wherever you're listening to it, because my colleagues didn't sing along. It came on the radio, and Renee refused to sing along with me, and Carol got out of the car. Didn't Renee have her – I'm pretty sure she lost her voice while she, she was away. She used that excuse. Yeah, she used that excuse, but I don't think she would have sung along anyway. So I was left <laughs> – they, they walked off. I was left stuck in the car because I had to wait for the song to finish. And I challenge, I challenge all our listeners not to sing along to this song. I'm going to be doing it, not on air this time. But that's how we're going to end the show this week, with a little sound. Sounds good to me. <laughs> hey, but before we get there, I want to ask I you, sing, I mean, we've got a few sing. things. You want to sing, like, Make right now? Yeah. Quick, what do, we, what do we got? Oh, no, I know what we've got. Go, yes, go. This is more important, um, important than singing uh, Bonnie Tyler songs. Yeah, so uh, um, a couple of weeks ago when we did our highlights episode, you know, halfway through we, we were starting to come up with new challenges for our adventurers, which we haven't had one for a very long time. And um, we thought, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll figure out at the end of the episode what we're going to do. And we actually didn't come back to it. And that hasn't been pointed out to me by anyone. It's just something that I remembered afterwards. I went, oh, we didn't get back to that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, not only are we not good at following through things that we're going to say we do, we, we literally don't do it within the space of an episode. Um, but something that we, we've been chatting about um, is having a previous champion of March Madness, which became August Madness and then November Madness, um, and we haven't had it since actual March Madness this year. That was at Palm 18. Uh, Simon Mackley very kindly offered to write the questions for us. And so after the episode, he got in touch and said, hey, you know, I've written the questions. You know, I, I want to send them to you guys so you can um, check out whether or not they're any good, et cetera, et cetera. And um, 
and then we can get some new people on the show. And I was like feeling during that conversation, I thought to myself, you know, I don't want him to send us the questions. I want to be surprised. I, I would like to see what he's come up with. And that led me to have a little bit of a brainwave. Okay. Which which I'm is waiting. and you were privy you were privy to this, Scotty. You were okay. there. You I'm may have forgotten. forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I suggested to Simon, hey, here's an idea. One of the other things we were talking about was doing reverse freedom runs again. How about we amalgamate those two challenges and we do a reverse freedom madness where we aren't the hosts. Simon can host it. He can ask the questions and you and I will be the contestants. Oh, is that what was happening? I didn't follow that conversation at all. <laughs> did you not? No. What did you think was going to happen? I don't know. I see a lot of conversations. I just went along with but it. you said... Oh, no. You said, yeah, sounds great. I'm ready for that whenever. <laughs> I am. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. That sounds awesome. It's so good. This is, this is, and I like this. This is an opportunity to have a competition against you. Yeah, see, and that's where I realized I, I, my mouth got opened and words came out and I probably should have had a bit more of a think <laughs> about it before I did that. Okay. So... As it is, Simon is excited. He's on board. He's, he's happy. He has run the questions by uh, an objective a third party to make sure that they're not showing bias to one or other of us, which I think is really very upstanding of him because yep. were it me, I would totally be biased <laughs> to my favourite. Um, yeah. We won't mention who his favourite is. Uh, I can only assume who it is. Um, but yes, that in all fairness, that's I think a great approach to take, and yep. so I am looking forward to that with some sort of means of apprehension. I don't know. Will we do that next week? Do you reckon, or will we wait for August? Surprise! And make Mel. it in August madness again. Could be. Could be any time soon. August. August okay. madness fits well with me. I think that's when we should do it. So let's do that. Okay, so a couple more weeks away. I think if anyone has any suggestions for Simon. Um, well, well, you know, we can't very well get you to email us about it because uh, that won't work. We'll see the questions. Hmm. No, let's not say it. So I'm sure I have other faith in Simon's questions. Trust, trust. I do. Yeah. I do. Okay, that's 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 coming up. And uh, one more thing before we get into every time, I, uh, before we get into that. Because <laughs> you got the words piece. wrong. Yeah. Did I? You need no. the music, don't you? Every what? time I, you, you forgot the now and then part. Oh, okay. Everything. Let's. You were so excited about excited. Bright Eyes, aren't you? <laughs> you can't get the words out. Yep. Um, have Have you heard of? And I know you have, because it was your idea. But who is Lego Admiral Akbar? This is a question you've posed to me, Mel, and I don't know. And you've posed to others. We want yes. to know. For those that don't know, know, Facebook page, Lego Admiral Akbar. Look him up. Look her up. Or her. Her? Well, yep. well the Admiral's a he, so let's assume. Let's well, make... is he? Well, yeah, I think so. I, and what I are you basing so. that on? He looks like a bloke. He, he sounds like, like a bloke. He looks like a bloke with those fish eyes? Or... Yes. Um, okay. He's got, a, he's got a baritone voice, so he that's does. what you're basing that on. It's a twap. 
but we want to know. sounds a little bit more like Arnie Schwarzenegger than Lego Admiral Akbar. But, yes, he's got his own Facebook page and he's a park runner. Yes. The Admiral is. But we want to uncover the identity. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's based in Western Australia, we're assuming, because he goes to a lot of Western Australian park runs. And I, I have had a couple of theories about who the Admiral is, and I have uh, contacted those people directly, to which I've received the responses of, bah, ha, 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 no. Um, <laughs> however, people do have some theories that they don't seem to want to divulge to me, which is I think is quite ironic because it's like somebody has a theory but they don't want to share it. Just in, I don't know if it's just in case they're wrong or just in case I pass it off as my own theory and therefore when I'm right, um, you know, I get all the kudos. But I, I think we should have almost like a competition. If somebody has a theory about who Lego Admiral Akbar is, they need to get in touch with us either to come on the show or they should record some audio or something like that and um, let us know. And we, we should run run a competition and we should get Lego Admiral Ad Akbar on the show. And if we do, then um, he or she may or may not reveal themselves. Mm -hmm. Maybe we could do a voice-changing thing. But there's our challenge for our WA peeps. So don't, don't ever tell us that we neglect the WA. That side of the country, we love WA. We do. And damn it, we want to know who Lego Admiral yes. Akbar is because we think the Admiral's very witty and yeah. we enjoy the posts on Facebook. And we want to shower them the with praise. The, yep. Yes. And bring yes. them fame and, and the massive numbers that our audience brings in Facebook likes and followers. Look yes. it up. Find out who it is and get back to us and, now. And even if you don't know who it is, just follow follow them because they, they do do hilarious posts. So is that it, Mel? Can we go? Because I really need you tonight. <laughs> no, this could get really awkward if you start. <laughs> that is, using a, bit, that is a bit wrong, that line. Well, that's a line, isn't it? I really need you tonight. <laughs> Forever's going to start tonight, that's for sure. Possibly one of the more awkward ways we've ever ended the podcast. <laughs> so let's just leave it at that. It's, okay. it's not going to get any better. Sing along, everyone. Don't be ashamed. Everyone does. Do it. Turn up the volume right now. And slow it down to normal speed. Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit lonely and you're never coming around. Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit tired of listening to the sound of my tears. Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit nervous that the best of all the years have gone by. Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit terrified. Then I see the look in your eyes Every now and then I fall apart
I can do A total eclipse of the heart Once upon a time there was light in my life But now there's only love in the dark Nothing I can say A total eclipse of the heart Total eclipse of the heart 